Hi, Wanderlusters, and today we're exploring the Granite Belt. Welcome to the Wanderlust Podcast. My name's Janine and I run a wine events business in Canberra. But my real passion is travel and my bucket list is to travel to every wine region in the world. In this series, I'll be exploring some regional Aussie wine destinations. I'll give you some tips whether you're planning a romantic getaway, a girls weekend, or you're dragging the kids along. Pour yourself a glass and let's get exploring. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we're talking about today, the Cumberwell people, and pay my respects to their elders past and present. So the Granite Belt is in southeast Queensland, and I grew up in southeast Queensland. I was on the Gold Coast a few hours away, but I had no idea until I was in my 30s that grapes for wines were even produced in Queensland. But there is actually six wine regions around Queensland, and the Granite Belt is the most established and probably the biggest of these. So the Granite Belt is near Stanthorpe. So it's about three hours southwest of Brisbane, right near the New South Wales border. And it can be referred to as the coolest town in Queensland, literally because it is. It has four distinct seasons, which is quite un-Queensland-like, and it can even a snow in winter. So when driving there, you come out of Brisbane, you're sort of going around the edge, you hit the countryside, and then you start about 50 kilometres outside of Warwick, start climbing up a hill. <laughs> and um, it's this rock scenery is really quite stunning. And you can see why the Granite Belt gets its name with all the rocks in the region. The, the national parks there are full of massive, massive granite boulders. This area also produces all the apples grown in Queensland. So the Granite Belt is about 1,000 metres in elevation, so it's classified as cool climate. So what wines to try? The Granite Belt prides itself on not having a flagship grape. They do do lots of traditional grapes such as Shiraz and Chardonnay, but they have what they refer to as the strange birds, and this is alternative or emerging varieties. To be called alternative, a variety must represent not more than 1% of the total bearing vines in Australia, as defined by Wine Australia. And in this region, each winery has different varieties they produce. So the wines in this region were first planted about 150 years ago by a local Catholic parish priest. And this was continued when many Italian families settled in the region in the 1950s and 60s. So speaking of Italian families, the first to set up a commercial vineyard and cellar door in the area was Angelo Puglisi, who established Ballandine Estate, named after the nearby town just south of Stanthorpe. His family is still working at this cellar door and I spoke with his daughter Leanne. I hope you enjoy. So I'm sitting with Leanne outside of Ballandine Estate. It's a beautiful sunny day. The cellar door is going gangbusters. It's very busy so I appreciate your time coming and meeting me Leanne. So you guys were like one of the first, you were the first yeah. winery in the region or commercial yeah. winery. Exactly yeah. yeah we were the first ones to open a cellar door and my parents Angelo and Mary did that in 1970. Uh, they had bought the farm off my grandfather in 1968 and dad decided that he wanted to make wine commercially. So in 68, he started planting wine grapes. So the very first vines that went in were Shiraz, which we still harvest from now. So Great, um, so like 50-year-old vines. Yeah, 52-year-old vines. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they're quite special. And opened the doors in 1970. We've been open every day since, except Christmas Day and Good Friday. 
they're only two days off and uh yeah it's just hectic but fun and uh yeah and uh, and a lot of the family are part of the business too well we are so it's basically all family um so we're all here except the fifth generation so fourth generation are all here so you've got the classic the shiraz but the granite belt region's really famous for having lots of these alternate and emerging yeah. varietals and i noticed inside you had lots of awards for winning right different varietals and yeah. things so what's one or two that you'd like to mention so one of the ones that's i guess most out standing at the moment is our Saparavi and uh, people come from near and far to try that one. There's only about 21 of us growing it in Australia so it's just so rare and we've won medals overseas with it so people have heard about it and we've always got it on tasting unless we've sold out but it's always here because it's kind of our theory that people need to taste these unusual wines. Yeah. No point having them there and not being able to try them. Uh, so yeah, it's quite spectacular and it's like nothing else that grows in Australia. You know, people put it to their nose and go, oh, it just smells so different. Oh, it just tastes so different. So the other day you had the Saparavi Drift blend. Um, blend. So we call yeah. it Sinatlas and Sinatlas is the Georgian word that means light. Oh. And uh, that's why we called it that because so, it's a little bit lighter than our straight Saparavi. Yes. And Dylan, our winemaker, just didn't want our customers being confused because it's only 8% drift. We could have called yeah. it Saparavi. But he said no people who know our Saparavi will know there's something different ah. about it and Dylan likes to tell the story yes not personally oh she's very I'll unfriendly but he likes people to know you know what he's yeah. done um and, but uh, even drift though I mean Rutherford Glen drift. is the yeah. big drift place but not yeah. many other places oh so. don't worry we give drift a run for their money the other variety that's quite standout here in the Granite Belt is Fiano. Mm -hmm. And at the moment, I don't have a Fiano. We've had such a terrible 2020 with drought and then we had a massive hailstorm. So we didn't get to pick oh. it uh, and produce it like we normally do. But the Granite Belt is definitely uh, on the, the records as being you know one of the best places in the world to grow Fiano. But I think we just don't like to rest on our laurels on one or two varieties here in the Granite Belt. We're famous for what we call our strange birds and that gives us a lot of scope so there's something like 28 alternate varieties in the region now so every cellar door you pop into you're going to try something you may never have seen before i love that idea yeah, I really do. it's just been fantastic 14 years we've been doing it now which I, it blows my mind that we've been doing it so long but yeah it's it's been fantastic for our region oh that's great and lastly if you've got a kids and you're coming to the region just one tip of what's something that families should check can out. Do. Oh, definitely the chocolate shop if you can get down to um, Heavenly Chocolates on the way to the National Park, Girraween National Park. So you can pop in, grab your chocolate, have a hot chocolate, and then go walk it off, climb up a pyramid or two. And take then kids. take some chocolate home to have some with oh, some absolutely. of the red wine later. With the red wine later. Exactly. <laughs> Sounds perfect. Thank you so much, Leanne. It's been no lovely worries. talking to you. Thank, Thank you. you. After our chat, uh, my family and I did a tasting there and we heard more about how the drought and the hailstorm affected them in 2020. Liam was telling me how in a standard year they get about 180 to 200 tonnes of fruit. But with the drought the past few years, they were getting about 70 to 90 tonnes, so about half of what they usually get. But in 2020, they had to bring in water and during harvest they got a hailstorm that tore through, destroying some of the grapes that they hadn't picked yet. They only got nine tonnes of fruit last year. So this was the first time in 50 years they had to source fruit from interstate so they could make wines on their estate to sell. I also spoke with Andy at Hidden Creek Vineyard 
And he talks about it being the first time he has had to source fruit as well. So Andy was telling me how he did a vintage in New Zealand. So I was very keen to chat about alternatives to everyone's favourite, the Marlboro Sav Blanc. We're sitting with Andy and Leanne. We're in their beautiful tasting room. It's got a beautiful view over the lake. So you were saying you've been here for 12 years in Stanthorpe. And how long have you been at Hidden Creek for? This is my second chapter here at Hidden Creek. So I started uh, on the granite belt at this very winery in 2008. And that was my first vintage on the granite belt. And shortly uh, starting here, within a month, we went over to Marlborough to do vintage oh. over in Cloudy Bay. We were there and Leanne was at Villa Maria and we were there for a couple of months. And then upon our return from New Zealand, continued working here at Hidden Creek with the previous winemaker. And I did a number of vintages and winemaking uh, tasks with him for the next five years up until 2013 and then left here and made wine at another couple of uh, wineries here on the Granite Belt. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, and now I've returned to lease with uh, Leanne and I, lease the business, so we look after the vineyard, we, I do the winemaking, um, we run a cafe for lunches on weekends, so it's a second chapter here for me. That's, that's interesting. I think part of my business is to... Everyone in Australia drinks Marlboro Self Blanc, and I'm... Um, <laughs> Very keen to expand their repertoire of the different wines that they can try and checking out some Aussie wine regions. There's lots of other wines that can compete with that, that you would enjoy as well. So thinking about that, like, what do you think in this region that would compete with people that do like their Marlboro Sauvignon Blanc? Yep, so we're very fortunate here on the Granite Belt. We've got a number of mainstream and alternate varieties or emerging varieties and a couple of uh, white varieties that will challenge Sav Blanc, I think, is um, Vidalo, which is well established here on the Granite Belt, but also some new varieties that have been introduced in the last few years, Vermentino and Fiano. It depends on the winemaking technique, but um, generally they can be lean and crisp, like Sav Blanc, oh, yeah. but they can also, depending on the style that the winemaker enhances the wine, they can have a little bit of barrel work as well. So they yeah. a bit broader through the palate. Yes. Do you think the Granite Belt region has a flagship varietal? I know we speak about flagship wines and the examples are Barossa Shiraz or Margaret River Cabernet, for example. And what I like about the Granite Belt is we don't have to have a flagship here. We have got so many different varieties that we have planted, that we are making wine from those varieties, that it's exciting. Yes. It's, it's an opportunity. It's emerging. It's new. It's a point of difference. And that's what I like. I, I think it's great that we don't have a flagship. Yeah. I think that we have so many choices here on the Granite Belt. I was in touch with you about your Unsung Heroes line. And there was one, the Novello Lagrain. Is that, have I pronounced Correct. that correctly? Yep, yep. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh my God, I've never tried that before. So is it... I saw that it's a beautiful garnet, pink colour. Is it a rosé or is it a red wine? Um, it's in between. Yeah, fantastic. It's in between. So, <laughs> so did you drink it cold? Yes. Oh, great. Yes. I'm going to get some. <laughs> so, so for me, in a warmer climate in summer, um, Queensland, for yeah. example, why, why are we drinking full-bodied Cabernet Sauvignon Shiraz with big tannins and lots of oak? on a hot summer's day when it makes sense to drink something that's got lots of flavour, low in tannin, next to no oak, 
and it's enjoyable on a hot day and that's what Novello the Grain is all about. And it's, it's to go good with the barbecue and things. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so part of your other unsung heroes, your Fiano and, and Sonica. Yep. Is that, is that, correct. Have I said that correctly? And yeah. Sonica, yeah. So can you tell me about that one? Yep, so Sonica is a native of Tuscany and Sicily oh. out of Italy. And um, it's been introduced into Australia through the Chalmers Vineyards in um, Victoria. Yep. The Chalmers people have trialled lots of new um, different varieties, which um, enables winemakers throughout Australia to access some fruit from their vineyards. And that's, that's where the Ansonica comes from. Um, I've never had to source fruit from outside of the granite belt uh, and I'm parochial granite belt and always made wine from our local granite belt fruit. Um, I couldn't source any fruit from other growers in the granite belt. My yield for the previous vintage of 2020 was 90% down off wow. this vineyard, so yeah. 10%. And because of the situation of bushfires, smoke taint, drought, um, I was forced into a position of having to source grapes from interstate, from somewhere else, and an opportunity arose, and we've created something new and special. Yeah. So, will you? Um, oh, so this is like a one-off. The. Um... Oh, I'll continue to do it, yeah. and hopefully, as the years roll on, there's growers in in this area who will be uh, planting some of these new varieties that I'll be able to source. So, Andy, can you tell us a little bit about the vine and shine? So it's a new initiative. Um, Vine and Shine is a concept enlighten people about Queensland wine and it came about through the generous grants from the federal and state governments. A campaign that will continue for a number of years and it'll be print, it'll be video and it tells the story about the growers, the makers and, and how exciting the Queensland wine industry is. Yeah, I um, saw that like there's six different regions and I kind of knew of two. But I didn't know that there were six, so that's, yeah, certainly an eye-opener for me. So it's worked in that way. A great way for people to explore more of Queensland than just the beaches. So. Totally, and COVID's helped or assisted with that as well. People can't travel overseas, and in the early days, earlier in the year, they, we couldn't travel out of the state or people come to Queensland. And people from southeast Queensland, as in Sunshine Coast, Gold Coast, Brisbane, came to this area for the very first time and didn't even know there was a wine industry here. And what would be your tip for if you've got kids and you're coming to Stanthorpe? There's your winery, like you can kick a ball around outside there. And... Yeah, there's plenty of grass and um, uh, people bring dogs, for example. It's a bit of a dog park there occasionally. We're dog friendly, but <laughs> certainly the kids have got plenty of grass to run around in out there and wear themselves out while um, mum and dad sip a, a nice wine under the, the trees in the shade. But look, um, the Granite Belt's got um, wonderful national parks. People can come and trek, can camp, bring the kids along for that, um, short stays. There's a Christmas farm here where the kids can visit. Yeah, yeah um, And there's a maze, a uh, physical maze that uh, the kids can walk through. So there's lots of things for the kids to do. Oh, look, everyone keeps happy then, so yeah. that sounds great. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. That's great. You're Thank welcome. you, Andy. You're Cheers. Cheers. Some other cellar door suggestions. So I found the granite belt sort of split in half with some cellar doors being just north of Stanthorpe and then a bunch being south near Ballandine. There are over 30 cellar doors in the area so you won't be disappointed wherever you go. I also enjoyed Ridgemill Estate and they've also got beautiful studio accommodation on site. 
Castle Glen is literally a cellar door that looks like a castle. It's huge. It has flags out the front and they also have um, whiskey and liqueur. If you like beer, the Granite Belt Brewery was a really good and they did great meals and have on-site accommodation. I've also heard excellent reports of the Queensland College of Wine Tourism and they've got a restaurant called Various. Other things to see and do in the region. There is tons to do around here for both adults and kids. So just north of Stanford, when you're driving in from Warwick, you'll see a big apple on the side of the road. And this is Sutton's Juice Factory and Cidery. Now I've heard excellent reports of their apple pies being massive slices. We enjoyed visiting Stanthorpe Cheese and the Jersey Girl Cafe, so that's not far from Sutton's. They had a huge selection of cheese and we got a great tasting and explanation there. They also sell wines and apple juices from the different varieties of apples. There's also a jam works with lots of different types of jam. <laughs> and on this side of town, there's also a, a maze for kids to play in. Looks like it's made of timber and has little clues scattered around so help you find the exit. There's also a Christmas shop, which is really popular. To the south near Ballandine, you have to have a photo with the Fruitisphorus dinosaur. It's on permanent display at the railway station. If you're staying in Stanthorpe, there's great walking paths around town. And I enjoyed an afternoon stroll going past the river and there's lots of playgrounds for kids. But I think the main thing in the area is just the natural beauty that both Leanne and Andy touched on. The Girraween National Park. And Girraween actually means place of flowers in the local Indigenous language. The wild blooms are best seen in September and October. There's a rock formation called Donnelly's Castle, which has huge caverns that looks like sort of a massive house made of granite boulders. Leanne mentioned the pyramids, and this is the Ballandine Pyramid, which is built from local blocks of granite. It's like 17 metres high, but it is on a private property, so you can't pop in, but you can view it from the road. There's also a bike trail that goes all the way from Stanthorpe to Ballandine and passes many cellar doors and food shops. And if you don't have your own bike, you can hire some in Stanthorpe. So it's a really beautiful part of Queensland and a very different part because we often associate Queensland with the beaches. So some quick stats. So how far is it? It's about three hours from Brisbane. I came from the Gold Coast, which is a little bit further because you had to go north into Brisbane to go around. Toowoomba is the closest airport and that's about 120 kilometres away or about an hour away. Accommodation, staying in Stanthorpe or Ballandine is convenient. In Stanthorpe, there's lots of different motels. Ballandine's a tiny town about 30 minutes south and it's very small, but it has a pub, it has some yurt accommodation and a bakery. So that's got everything you kind of need as well as being near some cellar doors. If you're after something a bit more upmarket or luxurious or romantic, check out the accommodation at some of the wineries. There's also some boutique lodges around. If you're going in summer, it is a bit harder to find a place with a pool and that's because the weather doesn't get really, really hot. But there's a couple of spots around. And enjoy the Strange Bird Wines. Thank you so much for listening. You can subscribe now to get each episode as they drop. You can also check out this podcast on YouTube and see pictures of the region and the people I've spoken to. Go to windelust.com.au. That's W-I-N-E-D-E-R-L-U-S-T for everything discussed today. You can also subscribe to my newsletter to hear all about my upcoming events and other news. Till next time, happy wine travels.